Hi everyone, shalom nekulam. This is probably the 20th record that I'm doing right now. I am super stressed <laughs> and excited to be hosting this podcast. This is uh, literally a dream coming true of mine. I've been wanting to do this for so long, but I just didn't have the guts or the courage to do it. And one of the things that have affected me a lot into doing it and into being really committed to it was 2021. This year have been challenging me a lot, and I assume that most of you all as well. It's a year of a lot of changes, but there's something really special in this year, and this is what I wanted to talk about in this specific podcast, about why I think that 2021 should be the greatest year for all of us. I'll talk about my point of view of it, but I will also hope that you'll be able to resonate with a lot of what I'm saying. This is... A podcast that will talk a lot about my reflections, conclusions, and experiences as a person living in between continents and in between cultures and identities. And without further ado, let's go, yalla. So before I'll start talking about my point of view of 2021 and about my 2020 and my experiences, I feel like I owe you all um, an explanation and a bit of a background about who I am. So my full name is Shai Emanuel Yamin. Emanuel used to be my grandpa, Zichrono Levracha. He passed away, uh, a really influential figure in my life. And that's why I have this middle name. I am 23 years old. I was born in 27th February. According to Christian calendar, I'm a Pisces. According to the Jewish calendar, I'm an Aquarius. Since I'm Jewish, I consider my Jewish birthday more than my Christian birthday. Uh, but that's just like a personal preference. And I'm Israeli, born and raised. But there was a big change in my life when I was 20. I'll talk about it. I moved to Barcelona. I served in the military service as everyone. I finished high school. I was 18. I was trying to get into specific places in the military. as It is obligatory in Israel. I mean, everyone knows that. And I was a behavior analyst for two years in the Givati Infantry. This infantry has the purple barrettes, in case you saw some photos of the IDF. And I am a sworn... <laughs> fan of this infantry. I am very proud of me serving there. Uh, my brother served there also, my uncle. I have a lot of family members that have served in this specific infantry, so it has a lot of uh, personal connection to me and personal meaning. And I finished my military service uh, two years in August 18th. And the common thing in Israel is when you finish your military service, you are going to take a break, work a little, make some money, save, and fly. Fly somewhere, enjoy your liberty, your independence, go to Asia, go to South America, go to Central America, enjoy life, you know? After living this really gated community as the military is, you just want to enjoy your freedom. And I'm surprised because I finished my military service on August 18th, and enjoying my freedom was my one of the options that's least talked to me. I moved to Barcelona one month later in September and started studying in university my bachelor degree that, by the way, I just graduated from last week. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, everyone. 
And yeah, so I went to Barcelona on September. Quite a surprising decision that when I recalculated and look back, I am shocked about this decision of mine. I was only 20. I obviously didn't speak Spanish or Catalan. And my English was good for in Israeli, but it was definitely not high enough to actually study in an English international program in university in another continent. And there were a lot of struggles with it in the beginning, obviously, and there are still struggles until today. But it builds who I am today and my identity, and it has a big part of it. So I definitely do not regret it. But that is just a bit of a background about who I am. And now I would like to talk a bit more about my 2020. So my 2020 was, well, it started as a good year. I had plans to go to Italy, to Torino with my friends. We had our tickets. We had our Airbnb. Uh, my class had a trip planned to Switzerland. It sounded like another normal year in university of me living in Barcelona. It was, it started two years after I moved here, I think, or like one year and a half after I moved here. And... I was already used to it. Everything was very normal, routine, you know. I even celebrated my birthday in 27th February, 2020. I went with all my friends to an Israeli restaurant here in Barcelona. It's called Hummus Barcelona. It's actually a really, really good restaurant. So that is just a recommendation off record. And we celebrated there and I have the videos and everything. But six days after this really joyful birthday celebrations, we all got the notification that um, Spain is going into emergency uh, mood, I would call it, estado de alarma, emergency status, everyone is going to quarantine, no one knows what's going to happen, and these six days have changed my life, because these six days from my birthday, my 22nd birthday, to the time where Spain announced its um, emergency status and quarantine, and lockdown, I was talking to my mom, and my mom was in Israel. And if you know Israelis, they always tend to overreact to stuff. I'm also Israeli. I'm also part of it. I totally accept that. But probably with my time living in Europe, I kind of went into the European vibe and less into this Israeli vibe. So I took things more easily, apparently, because everyone was so stressed in Israel. And my mom was so stressed because they canceled all the direct flights from Spain from all Spain, Madrid, Barcelona, everywhere to Israel. And she was so stressed of me not being able to come back to Israel. And Benjamin Netanyahu was announcing that they're going to close the sky. And everyone were shocked. They didn't know what's going on. What is this COVID? What is going to happen? When it's going to end? And this was happening in Israel. While in Spain, I got to celebrate my birthday in a restaurant. I still had presential classes in university face to face. Everyone said, it's just a flu, it's nothing, you know, the Spanish vibe of like, tranquila, mañana, ya veremos, siesta, like, everything is cool, we'll see, it's all fine. And I was in between these two identities, these two ways of thinking, these two points of views, and I didn't know what to do. My mom was pressuring me to take a flight to Russia, to Moscow, and from Moscow to Israel, and on the other hand, I still had classes in university face to face and I had exams and I had a lot of stuff going on here in Barcelona. I couldn't just go and leave, get up and leave. I had my house. I had my stuff. I had my friends. I had everything here. And in the end, I just got up and left two days after my birthday. I got into Israel 
and everyone treated me as if I was the black sheep, I would call it this way. Everyone were scared to meet me. I had to be in quarantine. Of course, I did it as law requires. But my brother didn't come back home from his house because I was there and he was scared. And my dad slept in another house and everyone were scared of me. And I felt so bad because I came from a place where people didn't even take it seriously. And this was the first thing that shocked me. I was sort of stripped away from Barcelona without knowing when I'll be back with all my stuff in my house into a place that I didn't even recognize. I didn't even recognize Israel when I got back there on March I was like, what is going on here? Everyone was so stressed. People were scared of me. I was just shocked by everything that's going on. What is it? What is this COVID? Like, I don't know anything about it. And that was the first trauma of mine in 2020. Arriving back to Israel, being treated like I am ill at first, not knowing what's going on, being stripped away from my house, from my routine, from everything that I knew, and just not knowing what's going to happen. It was very traumatic to me. And with the time and the lockdowns in Israel that have been going, going on and off and on and off, I started realizing that my social circle is lost. Uh, all my friends in Barcelona are all over the place. People went back home or people are still in Barcelona but are under lockdown and quarantine. And I realized that I only have like 10 people left in Israel that are my friends. Like all the other ones I'm not even in touch with because a lot has been going on since high school, you know, and military service. I actually built my life in Barcelona. And it was also traumatic to me. So that is another aspect of it. So the first one was being stripped off my routine. And the second one was a social trauma that I didn't know what's going on around me. And I didn't, I, I felt really lonely. I felt like I had no one. And this uncertainty, that's the third thing that I want to talk about that represents 2020 for me. It's the uncertainty that I didn't know what's going to happen with university, with my future, am I going back to Barcelona, my stuff. It was a daily, a daily trauma. It's like a daily thing that comes back and forth in your mind and you can't focus on anything else but to think what is going to happen. I am a person that needs certainty in my life. I'm spontaneous, I like surprises, but this was too big for me. I was only 22, I didn't know what's going on and no one could help me let go of these thoughts because it was just sitting there in my mind 24-7. And that leads me to the fourth point that represents 2020 for me. So we talked about social trauma. We talked about being stripped away from my routine. We talked about uncertainty. And the fourth that I want to talk about is relationships. I left Barcelona after meeting a really nice guy. Um, and obviously, I could not see him anymore because I went back to Israel and people didn't know what's going to happen. But that was fine. That is the least problem that I had when I got back to Israel because of COVID. I met a person in Israel and I started seeing him and I just couldn't put my mind away from all these things, from everything that's going on, from this uncertainty. I just couldn't be with the person. And it was a good person. He's a good person. He is. I swear he is. I just couldn't be there fully and I couldn't share my life with him and I couldn't give away my control of my life and my independency. I just wanted to be alone. I wanted to focus on myself, to know what I'm going to do. I couldn't, I didn't have enough energy to share with someone else. And I lost this person in the end and we were friends beforehand and unfortunately we're not friends anymore. 
uh, from a lot of reasons, not only this one, but this one was very traumatic to me because I felt a lot of guilt after this. I felt guilty for letting everything control me, for not um, taking the situation in both hands and actually doing something. I felt like I surrendered to COVID, to all the circumstances, and this is not something that represents who I am, and it's something that really affected me, and I took with me for a lot of months, even after, that it was my fault, and I just felt bad with myself. And this four things really represent 2020 for me. The social issues, the uncertainty, the being stripped away from your routine, the problems with relationships and actually encompassing another person in your life. These things were very difficult for me in 2020 because no one knew what's going to happen. But then 2021 started. It started fresh. I didn't have relationship. I didn't have any commitment. I already knew that I'm going back to Barcelona. I knew when, I knew where I'm going to live, that I'm going to live with my best friend. Shout out to you, Perinaz, my Turkish best friend from university. I knew what I'm going to do. Everything was much more certain. People started getting their vaccine. People started getting used to COVID and actually trying to live with COVID and not let COVID control our lives, which is something really good that I'm really proud of the Israeli society for doing it. Probably one of the first nations in all the world that did it. So I'm very proud of it. And things started being much more clearer. I suddenly realized that I had to stop. I had to stop and I had to self-reflect and to think, how am I utilizing this break, this break that everything stopped, everything is relaxed, you know? How am I utilizing it to work on myself and become a better version of myself? I had to use this loneliness, um, in quotation, loneliness, and quiet, and relaxation, I would call it this way, in order to work on myself. And I started eating healthier and going to the gym. And these things came really naturally because suddenly I had a lot of free time and a lot of freedom because I could leave the house and I could see people and I didn't have to wear a mask. And a lot of things have changed that I suddenly started to appreciate them. And these are things that I didn't appreciate before COVID. COVID made me appreciate my freedom and my liberty. And the, the, the basic things that I did in life, suddenly I had much more appreciation to it because I knew how it feels not to have it, not to be able to leave the house, not to be able to go grocery shopping, not to be able to see your friends because you are no longer in Barcelona and they are not. To be able to know what's going to happen. And that means certainty. And that is another value that represents, that's the first value actually, that represents 2021 for me. And it's a big difference from 2020. Even though there is the Delta virus now and all of that, I still know that 2021 is a much more stable, certain year than 2020. And when I stopped and started to self-reflect in 2021, I realized that all my life I was looking for a break. I was looking for not working, not going to school, not doing anything, just like to have a free time. And it was an endless search of free time. And when I got this free time in COVID under these circumstances, at first it was fun in a way. I mean, everything is relative. And so relatively it was fine. But with time, it started being boring and it started being annoying and it started taking over me and my life and my mental health this break and freedom and free time started taking over my life in a really negative way. And I realized that 
we as humanity, as people, we always look for freedom and free time and not doing anything and breaking the routine. But when our routine is being broken for so long, the things that are were so simple for us, going on a date, holding hands with strangers, saying hi with a hug to people, seeing people smile, their facial expressions, their lips. These are things that we took so, you know, we took them for granted. And finally, I started realizing how this small things means a lot. And in my last relationship in 2020, the relationship I was talking about, I did not appreciate these things. I did not appreciate time. I did not appreciate the small things. I just had no appreciation to it because I was really self-focused on what I'm going to do and just like tangled with all this uncertainty. And I didn't appreciate all of these things. And I wish I could change it, but I couldn't. And of course, I still can't. And who knows where life takes us. But this is a lesson I learned when I stopped in 2021. It started, things become, became much more clear. Everyone were vaccinated, not so stressed. And then I stopped, I self-reflected, and I realized that I didn't appreciate the small things in my life. And with that realization, I decided to change it within me. And when I stopped and did this change, things in life became much better and I became much happier. I started eating healthier and going to the gym, not because I wanted to get skinnier or I wanted to look better or I wanted my ex to see me and, and feel bad. No, I decided to do these things because these are the little things that I didn't appreciate beforehand, being able to, to walk and go to the gym and do stuff and, and self-improve myself and feel stronger and better. These are things that I took for granted before COVID and now I finally appreciate those. And I started to do stuff for myself and not for others to see or to think. You know, in our generation today, we post a lot of photos and we try to look perfect and to portray our lives in a perfect manner to others. But I became the exact opposite of it. I suddenly don't want to show the world that I'm perfect because I am not. I want to show the world that I know I'm not perfect and I'm working on it and I'm doing it for myself and not for anyone else. I'm doing it for the little things in my life that I finally appreciate. I'm doing it because I stopped and reflected. And this is my main reason. This is the main reason why I think that 2021 is supposed to be the greatest year of all of us. Because this year brought realization to all of us, whether if you liked it or not, that we must use time. And we must appreciate time and appreciate the present, you know? The present is called present not for nothing. It's called present because it is a present to us. It's a gift to us. And we all understood that we need to appreciate the little things in life, the normal things that we took for granted, the, the people in our lives much more than we did before. To appreciate our routine, the annoying guy from work, uh, that customer that kept calling. To appreciate all these things because these things, when they were gone we felt really bad. We felt lost. All these good and bad things created who we are in our routine and our identity. And who are we without them? That is a question I took from 2020 and I'm starting to solve now in 2021. Who I am without the things and in order to know it, I have to see how I actually connect to these things. And that is how I made the change. I started connecting to these little things that I took for granted and that I no longer do.
and this is my biggest tip to you all of how to make 2021 your greatest year. Stop, reflect, learn from 2020, and take 2021 as a new beginning. It is not late. It is not too late. I know we're in July, but it is not too late. Trust me. Start now. Now I want to go to my Instagram. I posted that I'm going to publish this new podcast and I got some questions that I want to answer. There's a lot of questions. Some are a bit off topic, but I will pick the most important ones, in my opinion, and the most relevant ones, and I'm going to talk about them. There is a question asking, what has it meant to you to study abroad in Barcelona? Studying in Barcelona is an experience that I will never forget. It's an integral part of my identity and of who I am today. It's something that if I wouldn't do it, I don't know who I was today. I came to Spain as a person type A, and I'm about to leave Spain soon as I graduated as a person type Z. This melting pot of identities and nationalities and ethnicities and people and ideas in my international class, because my degree is international and there were people from everywhere, taught me so much and is actually very representative of the Israeli society. Because Israel is also a melting pot. In Israel, there are people from different diasporas. There is the Ashkenazi diaspora from Germany, Poland, etc. There is the Mizrahi diaspora from the Middle East and North Africa. There is the Sephardic diaspora. There is the Ethiopian diaspora. There are so many diasporas and experiences of the Jewish people that are now living under the same umbrella, under the same land, under the same regime, together. They are neighbors, friends, colleagues. And my class actually represented that. And I feel like this, is, this has helped me a lot in opening my mind to others and learning how to, even when I think I'm right, always have 1% doubt in everything. And it's something that I didn't have before I came to Barcelona. So that is one of the main conclusions I have from this experience here. And it's something that I'm going to take for life. Never to think you are... 100% correct, no matter what you're talking about. It could be religion, politics, geography, whatever. There are, of course, facts that are proven scientifically or whatever, but I'm talking about much more deep meaning of it. Just to never think you're 100% correct in your opinion. I would phrase it this way, because there's always 1% that you're wrong or that you don't know. And there is a nice sentence my friend told me. It is, if you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. And that is a great sentence that actually represents my time in Barcelona. And it's something that I will take with me for my future. So definitely this experience is something I will never forget. And the people I've met here. There is a question here. What do you look for in a man? What do I look for in a man? That is, I, I just want to enter the sound here of Rihanna saying, I'm not looking for a man. Because <laughs> I am not looking for a man. As I said, and I spoke about it in the beginning of the podcast, I am now focusing on self-improvement. I stopped, I reflected, and now I'm in this position of changing. I am learning how to become the best version of myself, how to actually connect and appreciate the little things in my life. And in this journey, I don't have space for another person as for today. So I am not looking for a man today. And I believe everything comes at the time that it should come. I call me Hashem. So... 
That is about now. I am not looking for a man right now, but I'll let you know. <laughs> Last question I'm going to take is how do you feel about tzniut? For those that don't know, tzniut is modesty in Hebrew. It's a commandment that we have in the Bible, sort of a commandment, I mean. It's a tra translation of the Bible that asks women to be modest, to wear modest um, and just be modest in also their behavior, not only in their appearance, but in their behavior as well. So to me, that's the first thing, tzniut a.k.a. modesty, represents inner modesty and appearance modesty. It's not only in how you look, it's how you act, talk, think. You need to be modest, not show off. In Arabic, they say shufuni, not to show off, not to, you know, there is a really funny phrase in Arabic. It's like um, you're wearing a suit, but your ass is naked because you don't have money. You know, you're just trying to show you have money, but you don't. And to me, Tzniut is a lot about this. It's about modesty that comes from the inside. And I believe when you're modest inside, it shows to the outside. And to be fair, as a Jew, I have to say this, and I know this is an unpopular opinion. I don't think that clothes prove or show who you are as a person. I mean, to me, a Jewish person, a Christian person, a Muslim person, whatever person that wears immodest clothes doesn't say anything about how much Jewish they are, are they a good Jew, a bad Jew, I don't believe in these definitions and I don't see it this way. What I see about Snoot and modesty, in my opinion, is that it comes from the inside and reflects to the outside and I believe in free choice so every person has the right to wear whatever they want and to interpretate the Bible however they want to a certain extent. Let me highlight that to a certain extent. Yes, Nature Karta, I'm talking about you. LOL. <laughs> and yeah, so I believe modesty comes from the inside. I know I said that was the last question, but there is a question here asking uh, a really interesting question about how to balance love, life, and religion. Where are the lines for each? This is a question I'll talk about in the next episode. And it's a really interesting question for me. So until that... You'll be hearing me next time. And I just want to say special thanks to Yotam Ben Shachar for editing and being a really good friend and colleague helping me with this podcast. And to Mireya Castellar for creating our logo. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. See you in the next podcast. Yalla, bye.